Tonight's reading comes from the Gospel of John. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Lisa. You make me really listen to what you're saying. Um, okay, so here we are, the fourth week of Easter, and um, it's called Good Shepherd. It's actually called Good Shepherd Sunday, but it's Good Shepherd Wednesday for us right now, right? And um, the reason for that is um, after we hear these stories of Jesus post-resurrection, and this year we did it in the Gospel of John, we now take a jump back to chapter 10, and every single year, it's always a little chunk of this chapter 10 where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd. And I have to tell you, I never have really connected with Jesus being a shepherd. Um, it's not an image of God that um, I resonate with, and maybe it's because I'm more familiar with pontoon boats than pastures. Or maybe it's because I really don't want to be a sheep. And if Jesus is a shepherd, then we are a sheep. And I don't, a sheep is not an animal of fondness for me. But a lot of people really connect with this image, especially when you have Psalm 23. There's beautiful hymns written from it, and there's beautiful prayers written from it. And I think maybe one of the reasons why it's so powerful for people is there's a sense of what protection, God's protection is all about, God's presence and protection in that psalm. So as I was kind of struggling with this image of Jesus as a shepherd, I remembered back to an email conversation I had with a Mount Olivet member um, back in Lent. And this person had been at a church meeting, and they were closing the meeting, and they were praying for a lot of things. And one of the things they were praying about is travel. And her email word said this to me, I'm feeling like a bad Christian again. Tonight at our meeting, we ended with a prayer that was all about the safe travels for people we care about. Pretty normal. But inside, my heart was torn. One side of me wants to pray for protection. It feels like the right thing to do. The other side of me says things like this. 
didn't I pray for protection before my husband died? And God isn't there to do our bidding. Remember, the plan in life is not a script, and he is not a puppeteer orchestrating our lives. As I read the words I just type, they sound tame. The second part of my heart is heated, resentful, and sullen when I think about it. Help. And so I keep thinking about that email because we pray all the time. We pray in church, probably in our own lives. We hear about prayer. So how is this person reading John 10 when Jesus talks about being a good shepherd and that no one can snatch his sheep out of his hand? How does protection look like in life when we think about God's protection for us in faith And then what does that mean in terms of prayer? If we're really praying for safe travel, we can't be guaranteed that we will always have safe travel, so then why do we even pray for it? And so I think what I'm trying to ask more succinctly is, how do we live securely in a world that can be so uncertain and dangerous? And how does faith and God and Jesus all come into this. And so I'm thinking about this um, in terms of the parents we had on Sunday. There was four babies being baptized, and we meet with parents before baptism, and we have a class, and we talk about what baptism is, what we receive, these promises that parents make on behalf of their child, these promises that God makes, and that's what happens at the font. It's God's word and this water, and together they form this promise that is there for life, nothing can take away. But I think about this sense of protection for this promise that parents make, and this one always just kind of hits me right in the heart, and the promise is this. I promise to renounce the forces of evil, the devil, and all those things that rebel against God. And the parents say, I do, I renounce those things. We can renounce them and say that God's love has more power than those things, but yet we still have to live in a world where that evil and that danger is around us. That's just the world that we live in. And so if we promise to renounce those things, that those things that could possibly happen to our child, anything, even death, can't have control over us, and promise that God's love is even more powerful than suffering and death. But doesn't that promise seem more doable when you have a eight-pound baby sitting in your lap or in a car seat, where you know exactly what they're eating, when they're sleeping, what they're wearing, and then all of a sudden they grow up and they don't stay in one place, and then come school and bikes and cars and prom and college and first apartments and marriage, in addition to everything else that we experience in life. And then all of a sudden, we don't have this control to protect like we really want to have. So we have to trust, then, maybe in a baptismal promise even more than ever, when we can't be there protecting our kids or anything else from what they may encounter in this world. 
And so what I'm wondering today as we think about prayer and protection, if it really has something to do with relationship, and if this is what Jesus is talking about, we need to hear again that God chooses us. We don't choose God. God chooses us, and he chooses to be in relationship with us. And so when Jesus says he's the good shepherd, a shepherd's sole work is to care for the well-being of the sheep. If you have a, sh a shepherd, it doesn't mean there will be no more wolves. It just means that someone will be present when the wolves do appear in the deepest, darkest valleys of our lives. And so back to that email, I realized whatever I would respond back could not take away what she was saying because she was naming the truth and the challenge of this world, believing in God's protection with all the things that can happen in this world. But what I did share was something like this, and that is maybe we pray and we utter our deepest desires because God promises to listen to what we say or scream or mutter or cry or sigh. And he promises to be present in that and create from it. And then it's this ongoing conversation with God and I think a noticing of where God may appear, show up, be present in our lives for us to notice that. A prayer for safety does not mean we will avoid suffering, but God promises to hear our voice and to hold us in God's presence always, most especially in our suffering. And maybe our words of prayer convey our desire and our deep need for God to listen to them and maybe, just maybe, those prayers remind God, you know what, God, you promised that there's nothing in this world that could keep me from you. Be true to that promise. I'm praying for this. And make God accountable for that. As Jesus said in this passage, no one will snatch them out of my hand, period. The naming of our prayers remind us of our relationship with God. He hears us, we're open to hearing his voice, and they bind us along with baptism. Baptism binds us to those words of promise. He will never leave us or forsake us, and he is with us restoring and healing and creating and leading in anything that we may experience in this life. Now, I have this little saying in my office, and Connor has a picture of it. It's St. Francis de Sales. Do not look forward to what might happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering, or he will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Now, I have to admit it, I think I much prefer to be shielded from suffering than to bear it, but I know that's not mine to decide. It's okay to doubt and question and write emails wondering about prayers that we say in church. God can take it. 
And we need to talk about it because I have a feeling all of us have a very similar question. There's a mystery in the depth of Jesus' words and his image of being a good shepherd. And it's all about God's desire to be in relationship with us. A relationship that God creates with us, he binds us to his words of promise, presence and protection in this world and at all that is yet to come. And tonight, when we do our baptismal remembrance, know wherever you are in your faith, and maybe right now you're like, I don't get it. Maybe you're in a situation where there's deep suffering or grief or mourn or brokenness in your life. Come to the font and know that all of that is being in relationship with God. But hear again those promises that you belong to Jesus forever, protection, presence, and prayer. Amen.